Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and I am back with Luca Bianchi. Luca is the Chief Technology Officer at Neosperience and WizKey. If you haven't heard part one, please go back and listen to last week's episode. I believe that's uh, episode 35, where we cover a ton of great information on ML and AI. So let's just jump right into it, Luca. What about that specific, because I do get asked this question, um, the journey from being a developer to machine learning, how can people start? Is it looking at these services? Are there other tools? Like I hear things out there like PyTorch and uh, you know all the different things that you can, you can use. What does that journey look like for you? What advice would you give people? Uh, I can suggest people to start uh, uh, from managed services. That is a good point, but uh, we already discussed about that. After you started using your managed services, you probably will face uh, problems. You probably will face jobs that cannot be done with managed services. And then my suggestion is to start gradually uh, understanding what's under the hood. And uh, let me give you... Uh, two glimpses. Uh, you have a lot of pre-trained models, which is one thing that you can start from. So you can start checking out uh, SageMaker pre-trained models that are completely available. It can be downloaded in on an NX model or an NX format, and then they can be uh, recompiled and optimized for different architectures. So this is one thing that you can start from. The second one is that you can start from already built-in uh, algorithms, already built-in notebooks that implement a lot of uh, de facto standard models. That's great because uh, looking into that notebooks, you don't not only uh, get a state-of-the-art model, even without knowing what happens under the hood, but you are also able to uh, uh, understand why things are managed in this way. Uh, actually, in the SageMaker repository, we have, uh, uh, I think, more than 30 different models that can be used for a number of tasks. So uh, starting choosing the right model is the best way uh, to uh, start learning about machine learning. And uh, it is something that is super useful because uh, right now, many times uh, we need to stick uh, many models in the same project. We need to stack them in a pipeline. Uh, I give you an example. For that video surveillance project, we didn't use just one model. We used the YOLO X uh, to, to identify, to classify objects, then another model to identify bounding boxes around people, then another model to track uh, bounding boxes, then another model to understand the crowdings of peoples, and then we were able finally to detect uh, people gatherings. And this is uh, something that is it is done uh, without writing new models, but just taking existing models and porting them to different architectures. And finally, at the very end, you can uh, you can reach PyTorch and you can start writing a model on your own. And if you decide to do that, uh, one thing that I can suggest you is to look for uh, some kind of frameworks that are available, such as PyTorch Lightning. 
PyTorch Lightning is a great framework in my opinion because uh, it allows you to have a structure for your project. It can abstract away, away a lot of boilerplate and it can provide you a structure for your code and for your projects. And it is uh, uh, great if you are working within a company because uh, today you are working on a project, but tomorrow or the next week you will be joined by another fellow developer that needs to start working on the same project and in order to help you and if you use a framework that gives you a structure uh, a code structure it will be much much easier for the uh, for them to help you and to understand what's happening a lot of uh, uh, machine learning conferences out of there such as NeoPS is asking uh, data scientists to use PyTorch Lightning, to provide their model with PyTorch Lightning in order to make things uh, simpler uh, for people. So uh, PyTorch Lightning, Lightning is definitely a great choice uh, if, you, if you need to write PyTorch code. And please, sometimes write PyTorch model because it is fun, because it allows you to get uh, a deeper understanding of uh, about why things work in a specific way, uh, I don't I don't think that you need uh, you to you won't need to do that uh, many times in your career because you have a lot of uh, models already trained out of there. You had a lot of companies such as Hugging Face providing models uh, are also state-of-the-art and the models above the state-of-the-art for you. But uh, start implementing small models, start writing some PyTorch code at some, at some point in your career is something that can give you a deeper understanding about that. Got it. And like, what's got you excited? Upcoming trends, and you've had such great examples of how you've used machine learning practically to solve customer problems. What's like on the cutting edge? Why do you think it's relevant? You know, explainability, hugging face transformers, any, any of the others, like what's got you excited and what do you think's coming? Uh, yeah, hugging face transformers is the 2022 trend. Uh, nowadays, uh, everyone is talking about transformers. Everyone is using transformers. No one is understanding transformers. So that's the, that's the deal. Uh, just just kidding. Uh, transformers model are a machine learning model that have been built uh, to predict the next sentence uh, in natural language processing. It was uh, a quantum leap in, uh, in machine learning uh, two years ago because it started changing the way we manage text, the way we understand text. And uh, it provided us with a lot of uh, uh, models able to implement human-like tasks such as uh, Q&A, uh, topic detection, chatbots, and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, in the last 12 months, uh, people started asking themselves, uh, themselves uh, whether it's possible to apply transformers 
to other fields, other machine learning fields. And uh, basically, the people, the folks from Face, which is one of the uh, open source leading companies working on transformers and also an AWS partner, uh, they were able to apply transformers to computer vision with uh, great and interesting results. But also the idea behind, uh, behind transformers, which is the idea to be able to, and to predict the next thing, the next uh, thing that is going to happen within a flow. Uh, it is super cool because it can be applied to a number of tasks. Uh, here at Neosperience, we are applying that, that technique to predict uh, a user next action on a website. When you are browsing a website, uh, you are interacting with the, web, with the web page, and it is fundamental for the brand to be able to uh, predict whether or not you are going to buy or you are going to uh, inquire for more information on a given product. And uh, having a next best action uh, prediction model, and it can be done with transformers, is something super cool that can uh, change dramatically uh, the face of retail and the retail of the, the commerce retail. And this is just one example. Another example is that uh, we can use transformers and we can use uh, deep neural networks uh, to uh, predict uh, the attention mechanism on uh, computer vision tasks. It is super cool. It is something that we have done uh, with uh, uh, smart city players that we have done with utility or energy players in order to optimize uh, the data coming, uh, the, the data stream coming into their, uh, their, their system, into their storage and uh, being able to detect where is the uh, the attention of the model and to focus on specific part of the data is also something super cool for dimensionality reduction and it is something that can be used to uh, reduce the amount of data and to extract only meaningful data so this this basically is the uh, upcoming trend uh, and it is matched to edge computing because edge computing is, the, we are just scratching the surface of what can be done uh, with edge computing. Uh, the availability of devices such as AWS Panorama allows a lot of people to uh, avoid uh, having to manage the, uh, the uh, hardware configuration, stack deployment, and, and things like that, and be able to focus only on uh, training the model, implementing the model, and bringing the model uh, to the end customer device. Love it. It makes it makes total sense too. I remember in the beginning with Alexa, a lot of it was understanding context of follow up questions because our brain, like you and I, know you know we know a little bit about each other. We know where we are. We know what month it is. We know what's going on in the world. But you know, AI had no clue. Everything was a brand new question with context, and just to be able to have a simple follow up of like. What's the weather for tomorrow or, or, or what's the weather? Then you say, but how about tomorrow was a huge, uh, you know, problem to solve going back to 2014, 2013, right? And to see that moving forward with it. And when you went through this journey, was there, is there anything like, uh, I guess the question would be, what do you wish you knew then what you know now on that journey <laughs> from developer machine uh. learning? That, that, that's a tough question. Uh, I think that uh, 
uh, I I would have no I would like to uh, to have a clear understanding about uh, uh, how things works uh, uh, before uh, starting my journey. Uh, being able to have uh, uh, a clear understanding of uh, uh, how many major services I can start, uh, even for prototyping. Many times people forget that uh, you need to prototype first. You need to make a proof of concept for your cost for your customer before starting a project. And uh, having a lot of services uh, that uh, don't require uh, too much time to be uh, to be leveraged uh, makes you able to build a prototype in uh, really no time. And uh, many times I started uh, with my Jupyter notebook, I started writing model code, I started training my model just for a simple POC. And it definitely resulted in a waste of time uh, because I could have, have achieved the same result using a managed service. Uh, just let me give you uh, an example. Uh, um, I, I usually tell about that. We were working for a customer that were asking us uh, to build uh, a computer vision model able to uh, detect whether or not a pipe was clean. Because uh, within offices, within buildings, you have pipes that brings airs from the HVAC, so from the uh, conditioning system to, to the offices. And uh, often they get dirty, and when they get dirty, they have to be clean because otherwise they can uh, be dangerous for for people. And they asked us to uh, implement, to develop uh, something able to detect whether or not it was clean. And uh, I started using a Jupyter network and training a computer vision model, even a small network uh, on on that data set. And I was super happy because. Uh, uh, in, uh, say, a couple of weeks, uh, I was able to clean the data, to fine-tune the data, to fine-tune the model, and I reached an accuracy score of 0.92, which is pretty good. Then uh, a couple of weeks later, I discovered that uh, recognition custom uh, labels uh, came out, and I tried to uh, bring my dataset and to push my dataset into recognition, and just to have a comparison. And my idea was, okay, let's see how bad is that prediction. And I was astonished when I discovered that uh, recognition got the same, exactly the same accuracy in a couple of hours. I felt stupid about that. I thought that uh, I needed to just start from what's available right now and then try to improve. Just let me clear, uh, not, not every problem uh, it is solved using many services. This is the wrong message. Uh, sometimes you need to customize your model. You need to fine-tune your model. And I think maybe uh, a lot of times you need to do that because our customers is paying us to, to do this, to uh, find the custom solution for their, prob for their problems or to provide custom products for them. And that's great. But if you start using managed services, you can set the bar. The, you can understand which is the comparison, the term of paragon, uh, which is your uh, baseline. Okay, and starting from that, 
uh, you can say, okay, I have a baseline score of 0.92, then I have to understand how to do better, how to improve that uh, that accuracy. I um, this this has been fascinating, and I know we can we can keep talking. Where can listeners find you? And I'll put all the uh, all the stuff in the show notes that we talked about. Uh, where's the easiest place to follow you and some of the content that you've been uh, putting online? I think that Twitter and LinkedIn are the best place to reach out to me. Uh, I would prefer Twitter uh, because it is faster. You can just send me a direct message. We can discuss about topics. Uh, we can discuss about notes. If you have questions, you can reach out to me. Uh, then I'm writing uh, on Medium. So you can reach out to me uh, even on Medium, uh, and I think that the be- but I think that the best way is uh, is on Twitter. Excellent. I I, I thank you. Uh, this has been great. Grazie. <laughs> Prego. You're welcome. <laughs>